This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. As always, I want to thank Rabbi Shabtai for giving me the opportunity to learn with you. Um, we are just a few days away from Hanukkah, and while we certainly could speak about Parshas Miketz, I thought that uh, you'd want to have something to say over at your Hanukkah Shabbos table this coming Shabbos, uh, as Hanukkah uh, is, com- is uh, set to commence this coming Thursday evening in Mirz Hashem. So you'll see in front of you the Nesiva Shalom Slonim Rebbe does not have his Torahs on Hanukkah in the regular red volumes that many of us are familiar with. Uh, they've come out with these white packets. I highly recommend them on a few of the uh, Yomim Tovim. They're not included in the regular volumes on the, on the Chagim, on the Yomim Tovim. And he addresses a number of different dimensions that are relevant to the Halei of Hanukkah. We're going to try to unpack one Nakuda, one specific element that I think will, no pun intended, illuminate. You got that, Rabbi Brand? Illuminate uh, our, our Hanukkah and allow us to really jump into and it can serve as a platform to jolt us into the Hanukkah spirit. So you'll take a look on page Yud Aleph. Uh, there are two pages that Rabbi Shabtai has attached uh, in the chat. And um, we know that the Gemara says, My Hanukkah. And if you'll take a look in Os Aleph, about five lines down from the bottom of the first paragraph, so the Nesiva Shalom asks the following question. He wants to know, Madua be'emes nechshav nespach Hashem ikari. Why is it that the fundamental, the most focused component of the miracle is the fact that despite uh, the Yavanim, the Greeks, entering into the Beis HaMikdash, uh, contaminating all of the uh, flasks of oil that were normally set to be used, designated to be used for the menorah with the Heksher of the Kohen Gadol, no greater Heksher in the world, and they went in there and they found the Pach Shemen, they found the flask of oil, they used that oil, and of course the Beis Yosef and many Sverm have been written now, why we uh, have the miracle of eight days of Hanukkah. We had enough to light for one of the eight days. It should really only be seven days of Hanukkah. But we celebrate the, seven, the eight days of Hanukkah for this miracle of this Pach Shemin. The Nesim Shalom asks, why is that the primary focus? Why is it that we focus really exclusively for the most part on this miracle all of our kids we don't really talk about the Milchama. We don't really talk a lot about the war that had to be waged with the Hashmonaim and their tremendous courage and bravery. We don't talk a lot about Yehudis, though women are obligated in the midst of Hanukkah uh, lighting Menorah Hanukkah because it, even though it's a mitzvah that says Mangrava Midrabanon, Yehudis played an active role, at least according to Rashi, But if you take a look at the totality of what we focus on and what we thank Hashem for, much of what we thank Hashem for, much of what we focus on in the Gemara, much of what we focus on is the Pach Shem. And the question is why? If you really think about it, there's a much greater miracle that we, uh, that we should be focusing on. There's a much uh, more uh, larger, more prominent thing that we should be honing in on. And that is... The victory in this milchama, kamashenemar, as we say in Alanisim, masarta giborim biat chalashim, hakadosh baruch hu delivered the the strong in the hands of the weak, v'rabim biad me'atim, and he delivered the multitudes of people, the majority in the hands of the few. There were a few people who went up against a Herculean army, 
like sand on this on the beach. And despite all odds against us, we were successful in overcoming those odds and defeating the Yavanim who had this tremendous empire. And yet, more often than not, that which is accentuated, that which is prominent, that which is put on a pedestal is not so much about the war that was waged and was victorious, but rather the Pachshemen. We found that one flask, and with that one flask, it lived for eight days. And from that, that's really where all of Hanukkah stems from. And he wants to know, says the Nesiv Hashem, why that is more focused on than the war that seems to be a much more significant episode in Jewish history. And he explains with the following medrash that he uses to introduce his suggestion. And it's a medrash that many of us may be familiar with. The Eshlomar Ha'inyan, top of the second paragraph, left-hand column. We know the Pazakah and the Bracious Rabbah derives, learns that, extrapolates darshins from these words. There was nothingness. It was complete nothingness and this darkness that was on the surface of the of the earth. And we find, based on the different words, it alludes to the four exiles. The four times in which we succumbed or were which we were uh, forced to uh, work and be in servitude under the exile. The first one, is referring to the exile of Bavel. That was the median one. When it says it was dark, the Medrash says, what was that alluding to? That was referring to the Gauls, the exile of Yavan. They tried to darken, they tried to cloud, they tried to cover our eyes, the Yavanim, with their decrees. They tried, they weren't interested in physically persecuting us, they weren't interested in committing genocide, they weren't interested in murdering us, they were looking to wipe out our theology. They were looking to eliminate our belief system. They no longer wanted us to recognize that there was a God. And more importantly, they did not want us to acknowledge that there's Elokus. There's godliness in each one of us. Okay, and he goes on to give the other Midrash. And with this, with this Midrash, the Nesiv Shav says, now we can begin to understand what's going on over. Listen to this beautiful explanation. Vinei Kosov in the third, second paragraph, left-hand column. He called the Golos of Yavan, the Medrash says, it was alluded to in the Pasuk with the word Choshech. Each one of the Golios, each one of the exiles were very difficult. And they had a unique set of circumstances and a unique set of decrees that were waged against the Jewish people. Vigolos Yavan, yet the exile of Yavan of the Greeks Hatoar was described with something unique, which was Huchoshech. Why? So as we mentioned, they went and they tried to damper, to cloud, to cover our eyes to not to be able to recognize the Ribonishalolam through various Xeros. To inject, to imbibe, to, in, to, in, to, to indoctrinate our, us ourselves with darkness. 
Right? The whole purpose of a Jew is the Pintaloyid, is that Elokus, is that godliness, is that Selem Elokim, is that image of God that Hashem places within us. And what the Yavan and the Greeks attempted to do was to eliminate, to wipe that out from our existence. As long as a Jew feels Hashem within his life, a Jew can tolerate a tremendous amount when he feels close to our Kodesh Baruch Hu. When, when Klai Yisrael feels our Kodesh Baruch Hu is with us, we can tolerate, we can withstand the most unimaginable type of things, right? You don't have to look very far than the Holocaust and you hear the incredible stories, the testament of Emunah that the people displayed because they still, still felt our Kodesh Baruch Hu's uh, existence in their lives. They felt that Kirvas, as hard as that is to imagine, they felt that Vikas, that connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and with that you can withstand almost anything. However, the Golos Yavon Haisakashem and Kogol Golos Binyanzeh. And in this regard, the Golos of Yavon was far more difficult than any of the other exiles. The Yavonim, all they cared about was to somehow cut the umbilical cord. Cut the cord, cut that connection that existed between Klal Yisrael and Hashem. So what the Yavanim wanted to do when they were machshich, when they wanted to make the, the environment that we found ourselves in dark, was to cut off that relationship, to create a disconnect, that we should no longer feel HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence in our lives. And if you think about it, says the Nesiva Shalom, Look at the gzeros, the decrees that the Yavanim instituted against us. It speaks directly to this objective. The Chogzeros on top of the next page. Chogzeros ha-Yavanim ha-Yum l'chuvanus was exactly for this purpose. L'natik es ha-Kesha ben Yisrael Hashem Yisbarach to cut that connection. V'lachen gazru shal al-Shabbos mila v'chodesh. Now you understand why dafka these three mitzvos when they prohibited us from observing Shabbos from having a bris milah and from, from sanctifying the new moon. Shehem ma'ore or, because they are what illuminates ha'meir nishmas ha'yehudi. It what illuminates, it what lights our neshama on fire. Umakayimim es ha'kesher ben Yisrael ha'ashem Yisrael. It establishes and it cements and it concretizes a connection that existed already between Klal Yisrael and Hashem. Shabbos yabris. Shabbos is the bris, is the covenant. V'ha'kesher and the connection ben Yisrael ha'ashem Yisrael is the connection that we are reminded of each and every week between Klal Yisrael and Jewish and Hashem. Mila, Nichrusu Aleh, Yud Brisos. We know that Mila is an emblematic, is, is a symbol of the 13 covenantal uh, Brisos. There are the examples of relationship that exists between Klal Yisrael and Hashem. The, the, mon, the, uh, the moon, which the Nesim Hashem explains in a different piece, the moon waxes and it wanes. Sometimes it's more prominent. Sometimes it's less noticeable. And that's what a Klal Yisrael is all about. Sometimes we're more prominent. Sometimes we fear that connection with Hashem in a clear fashion in which we see the moon. And sometimes we feel somewhat distant. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu is always waiting for that relationship. And so are we. And so these three mitzvos, the Yavanim did a lot of research. And they understood that these were going to be the three mitzvahs, the three decrees that were going to hit the Jewish people in the worst place. That were going to sever that tie, that connect 
between Klal Yisrael and Hashem. They wanted to darken our eyes. They wanted to pull the wool over our eyes. They wanted to create that disconnect, that sever. Shall Yisrael Gazal in Yonamayel dafka these areas? Their 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 impure wisdom. You want to put the Jewish people in a tough position. You want the Jewish people to give up. The only way you'll ever facilitate a situation where Klal Yisrael will give up is when they feel that they no longer have a connection with Hashem. Right? They say famously, like, more than the Jew keeps Shabbos, the Shabbos keeps the Jew. Right? And the idea is that as long as we maintain, as long as we feel, we sense that tangible connection that exists between Hashem and the Jewish people, we can withstand and handle and tolerate almost anything. And the Yavadim knew that. And so therefore they didn't need to go ahead and try to commit genocide in a physical situation. All they needed to do was attempt to sever that tie, that connection that existed through these decrees. What does this have to do with our question? What did they want to do, the Yavanim? They wanted us to forget our Torah. They wanted to eliminate the chukim, the laws that would serve to be able to serve the Rebona Shalom. They didn't want to kill us physically. They wanted us to forget about the Torah and that conduit that we can connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And to remove the mitzvahs that serve as the way in which we solidify that connection with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. They underestimated the Jew. The Yavanim didn't realize the Jew is not the type to give up, to throw in the towel. When they saw they had no choice, that's when they attempted, that's when ultimately the Jewish people were going to be successful. They didn't want to illuminate our lives. They knew the menorah is representative of the spiritual awakeness. They understood that that was going to illuminate us. That was going to prevent us. That was going to equip us to be able to repel the choshech that the Yavanim attempted to impose upon us. And now we can understand. Now we understand why Chazal felt it was so necessary to highlight the R, the nace of the Pachshem. And it's true that the Milchama is important. No one's denying the courage. No one's denying the bravery. The Rabbim Biad Me'atim. The Chalashim. The, uh, the, the, the Giborim Biad Chalashim. All that's true and we have to acknowledge it. But at the end of the day, that wasn't what the Yavadim attempted to eradicate from our Mesorah. What they tried to do is eliminate, to bring the choshech into our lives, to sever, to disconnect the connection we have with Hashem. And the awe of the menorah is there to illuminate, to give us the ability to equip us, to give us the strength to be a source of a reservoir, so to speak, to illuminate our lives and to equip us to have that courage to overcome that which the Yavadim attempted to do. And the fact that it was lit for eight days made this nace even more significant. That was the victory of the Jewish people. It's true, there's a miracle that we defeated the Greeks. But if all we did was defeat the Greeks, and that was the end of the story, we wouldn't necessarily be celebrating. The goal of defeating the Greeks wasn't that it was supposed to have stopped there, and it didn't stop there. The goal of the Greeks was to ultimately go back into the Beis HaMikdash, back and clean the Beis HaMikdash. 
and be able to relight, to rekindle the menorah, which demonstrates our ability to be mayor, to re-illuminate our lives, to tell the Greeks it wasn't enough that we defeated you physically so that you would no longer be subservient and, and, and live in servitude under you, but rather we're going to show you that everything you tried to do, everything you tried to persecute us with, the xeros that tried to hit us where it counts, in the end, weren't successful. How do you know? Because we re-illuminated, we rekindled the menorah. The menorah, which is symbolic of, it's a, the, the recognition of re-illuminating, of opening our eyes, of giving us the strength, the courage, equipping us to be able to combat all of those zeros that they attempted to ultimately try to cause us to sever our tie. And so therefore, the Nesiv Sham suggests that while it's true that the Milchama is important, that wasn't the objective of the war, and that wasn't the thing that we want to put on a pedestal in terms of recognizing the value and what we're celebrating in Hanukkah. Winning the war, yes, but it doesn't stop there. In the end, the nace of Hanukkah, the miracle of Hanukkah, is reminding ourselves, is strengthening in ourselves, is giving us the tools to be able to not only combat those xeros, those decrees that the Yavanim, that the Greeks attempted to sever the ties between us and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, God forbid, but for us to be able to reinvigorate, to reinject ourselves with a certain level of excitement, to look at the menorah, to look at the Hanukkah, to look at the illumination and remind us of what our ancestors had to go through to be able to take upon ourselves all of the courage that they've left for us as a legacy. And Amir Tashem, Hanukkah can propel us. Hanukkah can strengthen us. Hanukkah can re-illuminate and open our eyes to be able to develop a stronger and even more meaningful relationship with Hashem, one that is enduring and one that will never, ever be severed. Have a great day.